Hey, my friends, thanks for joining me for this episode of Real Live Talk. I'm really pumped that you're here to listen to what I believe is a really transformational and important conversation that I had with my good friend, James Dodsway. You'll hear a little bit about James and what he does in just a moment. But as this conversation progressed and unfolded, we got into some stuff related to our identity in Christ, related to the way that we approach God. And even some of the lenses that we use to view God, our Heavenly Father, and to view Scripture and how sometimes we can look at His Word or we can look at God Himself from a skewed perspective and it can cause us to go down a wrong path or it can cause us to get into this place where we're not really experiencing God for who He really is. And we can get into this place where we think that life with Jesus or life relationship with God is somehow boring. You know what? If our relationship with God is boring, I promise you the problem is on our end, not on God's end. We're talking about the God of the universe. And so one of the things that we talked about was learning to live with a childlike awe and wonder of who God is and just some some of the some practical things really that James shares along the way to help us grow in our relationship with God and to understand the fullness of our identity in Christ that's really based on who he is and what he's done and it's not based on our works at all. And so I'm really glad that you're here. I think this conversation is going to bless you. I believe it's going to challenge you. And I know that it's going to add some value to your life. So thank you again for being here. If this conversation does uh, bless you, if you enjoy the content, if you'd consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, that would really mean the world to me. So thanks again. And now uh, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with James Dodsway. James, I always love our conversations. Let me just take a moment and uh, just let everybody know. uh, This is James Dodds-White joining me today. Uh, James is the International Regional Director of Central Africa for Operation Christmas Child. Um, He's also a former pastor and church planter. And uh, James was on the program with me uh, earlier on. I think it was right around episode 12 or so. And we had a really good conversation. It was one of my still one of my probably favorite conversations that we've had. We talked a lot about um, unity in the body of Christ. We talked about identity, but we also went into some depth and detail on Operation Christmas Child and Samaritan's Purse and the work that um, that James and uh, the the organization there um, are doing. And you've probably maybe heard of Operation Christmas Child. Maybe you've been involved or you've seen it go through your church or you've heard about those. Uh, shoebox gifts that are put together for children around the world during Thanksgiving and Christmas time. Uh, but you might not be aware of all of the discipleship that goes into that process as well, and how many millions of children around the world and their families are discipled as a direct result of uh, this ministry through Operation Christmas Child, the the unity that's taking place in the body of Christ because it's a bunch of churches coming together and being united under this banner of seeing people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and discipled into the kingdom. And it's just a really incredible mission and an incredible work that God is doing there. Anyway, so if you want to get sort of the full picture and a little bit more of a, of a fuller scoop on uh, what Operation Christmas Child is all about. You can go back and check out episode 12 um, of the, I think it's episode 12, but it's not 12, it's right around there with James Dodsway, round number one. And uh, we mm-hmm. had an awesome, awesome conversation about all that. But but James, thank you, man, for being here. How, how are you? Uh, how's life? What's going on, man? 
Thank you, Duke. Uh, appreciate the, the invite. Uh, life is good. Um, yeah, I, I feel like you did a great job. I must have made an impact because you rehearsed what we do at, here at OCC very well. So um, thanks for thanks for that. Doing well. Um, I'm about to be a grandfather in May, which I'm super excited about. And uh, what? I know, I know. I'm 46, and my son and his wife—they've uh, been married since May, and found out they were pregnant. And then, uh, so in May, I'm going to be a, a grandpa. So I'm pretty excited about that. Congratulations, man! Thank so you. So cool. Yes, on the on the family front, things are exciting. We're we're super pumped about the family growing. Uh, on the work ministry front. Um, just got back from a trip to uh, Gabon and uh, Benin, and I uh, leave on March 6th for another trip to Equatorial Guinea and um, Central African Republic. So, you know, heading across the pond. Currently, we don't have, have the project in those two countries, and so it's the part of my job that's most exciting as we get to uh, open the door. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think since our last conversation, you've been around the world a few times. Um, yeah. What what's what's been going on? I mean, are there are there what, what's what's going on? Like, what have you been up to? Uh, are there any new developments? I know you just mentioned um, a couple things that are on the horizon there. And obviously, you know, we came through the Christmas season and, and all of that. Um, what what are things looking like right now with Operation Christmas Child and sort of, I guess, what has your. Uh, your role and your focus been over these past few months? Sure. Um, things are in full swing. So, um, you know, even in spite of uh, the COVID restrictions, uh, my region has stayed fairly open. And so even through 2020, 2021, I mean, there was a little, a little pause there because of travel restrictions. But for the most part, I've had pretty green lights to go into the region so this last uh, trip in Benin was um, we brought all of our national coordinators together. And so there was 10 of them, plus our six international field reps uh, who are kind of uh, almost a staff level role. They're kind of independent contractors that we deploy into the region to facilitate training. And uh, so we all come together. It was actually my region and the two other regions. So about 40, 50 people. And it's a time of planning for 2023, encouragement, ministry. Um, and, you know, for, for my, my role as, as regional director is I, I, I quarterback the region. So Central Africa, um, basically, I need to deploy my team into the region to make sure the, the project is facilitated at a high level. And um, so when all, all of my leaders are in one place, it just my heart is so full. And it's super exciting. You get to love on everybody. And it's not often that we're all together in one place. Mm. That's really cool. I love it, man. It's, you know, I was so blown away um, last time when you shared just some of the numbers and just that are involved here with the amount of, of people that are exposed to the gospel um, and that are, you know, we think about uh, again, I, I think that a lot of people might be familiar with Operation Christmas Child and the idea of the gifts and things like that. But as you explained last time, you said that the the shoebox, the gift is really just it's it's a 
a means to enter into a deeper conversation. It's an object lesson of the gift of, you know, that leads us into the conversation where we can tell them about the free gift of salvation and, yeah. and of eternal life that Jesus, you know, came to give to them. And it's yeah. a way into that conversation. And uh, but it's just it's just such an incredible thing that, you know, I remember even in our last conversation, we were talking about how, you know, almost accidentally all these churches end up being planted because people are in these regions and just in droves coming to know yeah. Jesus. And then all of a sudden it's like, OK, we have all these people. We need a pastor. We need to start a yeah. church. You know, it's really just such an amazing thing. And, and I was so blown away, um, you know, by what you shared last time and uh, really just by the work that's that that you all, you know, as part of this organization are doing. It's so cool. Yeah. So for your listeners who if you if, if you listening have personally packed a box or your church has from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. You need to know that every one of those boxes is cared for. Uh, we prioritize and make sure that every one of those boxes land in the hands of a child who they haven't received a box before. So one of our principles, principles is the one, one, one principle, one gift, one child, once in a lifetime. So that, mm. you know, we don't want to give the same, uh, you know, gifts to, to the same kid year after year. And so, because you don't, you don't work for, you don't work for money that you've already earned in your own bank account. Like you work for sure. money that, you know, so yeah, we, we make it a priority to make sure that the churches we work with are reaching kids that have never received a box before. And they're prayed all prayed for those kids are prayed for those boxes are prayed for all along the way. And then, so this year in central Africa, uh, 2022, um, we will import 1.17 million shoe boxes. So that's 1.17 million children who for the first time will hear the name of Jesus and be invited to surrender their lives to him. And just over 50% of those kids, because our age range is age two to 14. So okay. it's harder for the younger kids, but you know, the older kids, about 50% of, of that total number of kids are going to be invited to into a discipleship course called the greatest mm -hmm. journey. And um, yeah, it's super rewarding and I'm super passionate about it. I've been doing this for three years and Operation Christmas Child mobilizes the local church here in the U.S. and also the church overseas to work together. And they sometimes don't even know that they're working together. Wow. Um, but this, this project brings unity to the body of Christ. And I mean, even in Benin, where I was just last month, just the um, kind of the, the fallout benefit of doing this project, 107 churches were planted in just <laughs> Benin. Just one country, they bring a report, and we ask them how many churches were planted. Oh, 107. And one of those churches that were planted was started outside of a, a, a voodoo coven. Mm. Like, Love it. So we, I have this video on my computer right now of this voodoo witch doctor and this voodoo priestess testifying to the project and to the God of the Bible um, even though they, they don't believe, they gave the outside mm -hmm. of their, their voodoo building for the Greatest Journey Discipleship course. Wow. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. So Benin is the birthplace of voodoo. And, that was in, and so it's over 50% really? of the population there believes in some form of voodoo. Like the national coordinator in Benin, most of his family has died because of voodoo practices. Like... 
Wow. Like he, yeah, he's told me stories, and it's like legit demonic, satanic stuff. And so it's here in the wow. States, we're protected from a lot of that. You know, I mm-hmm. think the, the enemy's strategy in the U.S. is more materialism and smoke and mirrors and deception. But in Africa, everybody knows the spirit world is real. Yeah. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you go to a witch doctor and you, you know, you pay to get a curse or, you you know, it's mm. it's just a different, different culture altogether. Wow. Do you do you know the story of like so in that situation where um, this family basically they gave up the the area in front of their establishment there? Uh, do you know the story like what prompted them to do that or was it just? Yeah. Um, so. I think that like it's in a village where they were totally anti-evangel evangel evangelical. Like mm. they had moved, pushed out every church and every attempt to evangelize that village. But when when the pastor came with gifts, they were open to it. And so wow. when they saw what an impact these gifts had on the kids, um, they said, "We can't we can't hold this back." And wow. it just it's just a simple little tool that cracks open the hardest to reach places that are that are so close to the gospel. I mean, we've we've seen Muslim schools invite OCC into the into the school to bring gifts and to share the gospel and do discipleship. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the hand of the Lord is on this simple little shoebox and like <laughs> on our best day we couldn't come up with this. Like Yeah. The, the, the wisdom and strategy behind it definitely came from heaven and we're just kind of riding along on what the Lord has started. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so funny how we, like if we were to take a, a 30,000 foot view or, or if we were to try to figure this out, right? Like if you were to try to figure out how can we get into Muslim schools to present the gospel? Like if you were to have that conversation and think about it, you'd be like, that's impossible first of all but it's just so it's just so amazing the doors that god opens when you're just obedient and it's so amazing how he takes in in this you know with what we're talking about here how he takes something so simple as you said like a shoebox of of toys for kids how he'll take something that's so simple but yeah he'll use it to open up those doors and i think that's how the kingdom is man i think the kingdom is is simplistic in in its nature you know uh following jesus it's it's listening to what he says getting his heart getting his strategy Mm -hmm. and obeying and sometimes it it seems silly and sometimes it seems like something that doesn't make sense to us you know whether it's you're talking about you know taking five pieces of bread to feed five thousand people but the thing about it is that like when jesus tells you to do it he's inviting you into something where you know he's inviting you into a supernatural experience with him where it can only happen it can only yeah. take place through partnership with god but the yeah. thing about it is that it doesn't have to make sense in our mind if he says it if he's inviting you into it it's because he knows what he's about to do it, he he's already looked ahead and he's already provided he's he's made a way for it to happen mm-hmm. and um anyway that's just i'm just so blown away it's so cool yeah I mean, the Bible is full of stories. You got Naaman, you know, the prophet doesn't even go to him. He just sends a servant, go dip in the Jordan seven times. You got Jericho, all these incredible stories that seem ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, I, I often wonder how many 
how many times has God invited us into the ridiculous, but mm. we don't go because it's ridiculous, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, God's like, hey, um, you're going into battle, so put your your flute players and your harp players out in front. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great military strategy, God. It makes perfect sense. Right. Have you seen my flute players? Because they're not so tough. <laughs> uh, he knows what he's That's doing. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. My, one of my favorite things too, man, is the accidental church plant. Just like yeah. when it just happens because it has to happen. Yeah. You know, we've seen that happen yeah. in um, around here yeah. a little bit, and it's just it's just such a cool thing where it just becomes necessary. I think we even talked about that last time you were on about things that happen as just the byproduct, you know, the byproduct of serving the Lord, the byproduct of fulfilling your assignment, the byproduct of saying yes to Jesus is often all of these other things that are amazing that happen, but they never would have happened if we just tried to strategize and figure it out on our own, like how to do those things. But, you know, God is just so good at, at, at doing that. I was talking to somebody recently about, um, you know, Heidi Baker, right? Yeah. Like her, her philosophy of ministry from the very early years was just stop for the one. Mm. And I was talking about how when you look at that on paper, you know, like they've planted, I don't even know how many thousands of churches throughout Mozambique and, and throughout Africa. And it's like, if you look at that on paper, stopping for the for one person <laughs> to have a conversation with somebody, to lay hands on somebody, to prophesy over somebody, to speak truth into their life, yeah. whatever it is. If I look at that on paper, like I could do that a certain number of times in a day or in a week or in a month, but it doesn't seem to make sense in my mind that that is going to equal this like ridiculous global ministry of, you know what I mean, where all these churches have been planted and all these amazing things are happening. But, you know, again, it's just like responding in obedience to what the Lord is calling you to do. And he brings so much more out of it than we ever could on our own. Yeah. I was uh, in Tampa this past weekend for Super Bowl uh, with, oh, yeah. my, with my wife and my son. And I was asked to speak at a church in Odessa, Florida. It's called mm -hmm. Brave Church. So I'm, a, I'm an overseer for them. So the pastor asked me to speak and he was sharing just about obedience you know in the beginning during kind of the worship time and exhortation and it was funny is like as he's sharing about obedience you know in my heart i'm like i don't like i don't like the word obedience you know like uh -huh. i just got this for me i'm a kind of a rule breaker i don't it just has a negative connotation but the lord was just saying this is what i'm speaking to you james like obedience is my love language and as much as I may not like the word obedience. I want to. I want to be found at the end of at the end of the of the age, having mm -hmm. obeyed the Lord, and that yeah. was the secret sauce of Jesus's ministry. Yeah. Was he was obedient to the Father. And anyway, um, yeah, man. When we walk in obedience to Him, the the fallout and the peripheral benefits are. I mean, you're where you are because every day you woke up and said yes to Jesus. And you didn't get it all right. And I haven't gotten it all right. But we woke up this morning and we said, okay, Lord, your will be done. You know? Mm. And, yeah. and often, like Heidi Baker, that just looks like us loving well the person that God puts in front of us. So good. Like, Holy Spirit, what does love look like right now? I mean, I just came from lunch. 
where um, I was having a conversation with some coworkers and they were asking my advice about some decisions they were making. And, you know, my response might've not been what they wanted to hear, but I know it came from a place of love and I believe it was wise and it was just great conversation. But sometimes, you know, we like to think love is candy canes and ponytails and, you know, unicorns, <laughs> but sometimes love is speaking the truth in love when people don't want to hear it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I want Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I really do. I just think we overcomplicate so many things and yeah. like you said, just kind of focusing on that, loving the one who's in front of you, you know, loving, mm -hmm. loving people well. And mm -hmm. I think so often, you know, we get we get caught up in life in good things, you know, in the things that we're supposed to do or the things that we have to do. We get caught up in really good things. And most of the time we have really good intentions. But so often I think we just we get so busy with just life in general, the busyness of life and going from one thing to the next and all of that. And, uh, you know, kind of missing out on those opportunities where real life and, and our real reason for being and for existing takes place, you know, which is so often in those interactions with people yeah. where, you know, I think that we could so easily like blow people off or we could blow off conversations, even when it's like a difficult conversation or something like that, where it's maybe something that's not necessarily like a fun conversation or something that you want to do, but it's necessary either for your growth or for that, that person's growth or whatever. Yeah. I just think that often we can, we can blow things off and not recognizing that, hold on, like that's the main thing. Mm -hmm. you know, we think about these things that we have to accomplish in a day, you know, whether it's the job mm -hmm. that we have or, you know, whatever it is, the different things that we have to do in life. And we can look at those things as the main thing. And so often, like, that's not really the most important aspect of our lives. I'm not saying you should start slacking off and not going to your job and stuff like that. But I'm just saying when we pay attention to, what God is doing and what God is saying in the midst of what of mm -hmm. life in the midst of what we're doing. And we maintain that connection with him that we, that we always have, but I just think that we can get so distracted from it yeah. and just, yeah, just being open and, and alert to what the spirit of God is saying, what he's doing, mm -hmm. you know, when he's leading you to call somebody or to, you know, whatever it might be. And so often, so often, at least for me, the way that it works is it's subtle and I can just dismiss stuff. I can just blow stuff off, you know. Yeah. So a friend of mine all of a sudden is on my heart or in my mind and I can just mm -hmm. think naturally and say, oh, well, I just thought of so and so. And then I <laughs> wonder how they're doing. And then just kind of go on with my day or I could pause for a second and be like, you know, is that you, Lord? Like, mm -hmm. did you, are you bringing that person into, into my mind? And so often it is because he's just mm -hmm. active in our lives in these ways where I think so often we're looking for some big, huge thing to happen, to grab our attention. And I think that God just loves to be involved in the, in the mundane-ness yeah. of life and, um, you know, between. just being involved in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's good. So lately, um, I don't know, so I hope it's okay if I just shift gears. Yeah, please. Um, just the, the verse that has been so alive in my heart that the Holy Spirit has highlighted 
is second or second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14, um, for many reasons. And you, you're going to recognize it right away. If you don't have it tattooed somewhere already, it's, um, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus yeah. and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Hmm. I mean, good grief. Like, I think if, if the church, I don't want to indict the church. I think maybe the church has grown lazy in, in growing in the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We know he loves us. We have our fire insurance. And so let me go buy a boat. Let me go, you know, do whatever. When we are God's distribution plan of his knowledge, like, you know, when somebody walks by you and they're wearing perfume and you smell it, you're like, you look for the source, like, where did that come from? Uh-huh. And we are God's diffuse, you know, uh, one of those, the, the essential oils diffusers, right? We're, yeah, we're God's diffusers, right? And so like he wants to dis- dispense the knowledge of himself in every place. Mm. And we're, we're the essential oil diffuser that God has planned. And so I just think, man, this growing in the knowledge of God is this great reward. It's the kaleidoscope of the love of God that he never changes, but we get different glimpses, different pictures and facets of his love all day, every Mm. day. And we get to reflect that to people. Like we get to love them the way God loves us and it changes their lives. I mean, there is no greater reward. And I'm, I'm discipling somebody who, who lives in Africa and he, we call once a week and, you know, like I'm trying to explain this to him, but like Christianity has grown old to him. Like, Hmm. you know, I said, you know, what did Jesus do for you? Oh, he died on the cross for my sin. And it's easy just to say that statement and totally miss the gravity of it. Or yeah, I know God loves me. God so loved the world, you know, and like, wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up. Like there's a height, a depth, a length, a breadth to the love of God that actually surpasses knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's this great reward, this adventure of discovering the love of God and knowing who he is. And we could spend years just looking at the meekness of Jesus and it never grows old. Like, why would you want to do anything else than experience the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus? Yeah. And I don't know, I just, my heart is for every believer to re-fall in love with Jesus so that, you know, they, they look again at the Lord and they say, oh my goodness, you know, this has been under my nose the whole time. This has been in my heart the whole time. And I had no yeah. idea what I was carrying, that the mm. kingdom of God is in us, that, you know, um, that in, in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and we're complete in him. Like all of that is is there and we get to encounter and experience it um i know i'm going on a, i'll say one last one last thing uh it's good stuff not. man um when i was graduating <laughs> bible school i think it was graduation it might have been a week of prayer one of the professors in bible school barry qualick came up to me and he had a prophetic word for me and i'll never forget it he said james the lord is telling me to tell you if you will i will if you will i will he said it three times and just the last two months, that word has just been brought back to my memory and how like if, if I look past at my life, that has kind of been a, a railroad track, almost like the Lord has laid out the invitation, but he's waited for me 
to respond. You know, like we love him because he first loved us. So like he started this whole thing and then he looks for us to respond back. And it's this beautiful orchestra of back and forth. And, you know, we, we want God to do all these things. He's done it. Like he's put his spirit inside of us. And the next step is ours to take to engage with him in demonstrating the love of God to a world who needs to hear him and know him. Yeah. Yeah. That verse is so good, man. Um, Diffusing the knowledge of God and yeah, like how much of it is our responsibility to show people who God is. And if we're walking around feeling like prayer is boring, feeling like (laughs) church is boring you know what I mean? Like yeah. feeling like yeah. like we're stagnant and still in our relationship with God. I think I think that, you know, probably everybody at some point in their life goes through those dry sure. seasons. They, they might yeah. not be experiencing everything as much as they normally do. But like I, that's that's like that's on us. You know what I mean? Like that's because yeah. God's not getting old. God's not running out of things right. to tell us. God's not running right. out of facets like he's so multifaceted. As you said, like you talked about the kaleidoscope, we could look at one aspect of his nature and his character for like ever, (laughs) for eternity, and there'd still be more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man, I think we're going to be discovering just more and more of the depth of of his love, of his goodness, of his attributes, of his character forever. Like, I don't think we're ever going to get to the point of fully understanding God, even after we've been with him for billions of years. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's just so much bigger than, than our, our brains can comprehend. Mm -hmm. And so if we are living our lives from this standpoint of, you know, like being a Christian is boring, then like, Whoa, like, hold on. Like, how is that possible? Like what, what we're talking about is the God who created the universe out of nothing yeah, like who created such an expansive mm-hmm. universe that's so much more than we need. Like, <laughs> like Bill Johnson says, yeah, you know, he talks about the abundance of God. He's like, how much sky do you need? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, but it's he yeah. can. He just he just can. Yeah, and so you know, they tell us there's like trillions of galaxies and stars and planets and all this kind of stuff going on out there that we don't really know about. But it's just so God is so amazing and he's so creative and you know there's there's always something new to discover with him and mm-hmm. so you know like I'll, I'll tell my kids um because my kids will be like i'm bored i'm bored i'm bored I'm like you have so <laughs> many things you have so many yeah. toys to play with you, yeah. like, you have so many things that you could do if you're bored the problem might not be you know like the problem, maybe, maybe you're being, maybe you're boring or maybe, or maybe it's something <laughs> like that. Maybe look inward. You know, if you're bored with God, if you're bored with your, if your walk with the Lord, if you're bored with your prayer time, maybe it's not God's fault. You know, maybe it's our mm-hmm. fault. You know, I'm just yeah. saying, maybe it's my, maybe it's my fault yeah. because I'm pretty sure God's not running short on things to say and things to share with me and things to show me mm-hmm. and truth to open up to me through his, through his word. And, you know, uh, anyway, yeah. I love what you're saying, man. He's just, he's so I agree. Good. I think there's, there's some things that we, we put our, put into our minds and into our hearts that maybe make our heart and mind dull to the things of the spirit, the things of the Lord. And, you know, maybe the, the word, the word of God isn't grabbing me, because I'm 
filling my mind and heart with things, you know, that are, are different or, yeah. you know, I, I, as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, what would I say to a person? Maybe you have listeners that are watching this podcast right now that maybe their, their prayer life is dry and, you know, they God has, has grown boring to them. And so there's no, there's no excitement in the secret place. Um, I would say maybe one is develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit. You know, like mm, that's good. even just the mystery of God in us. So like the God of the universe has chosen to make us his home. And I think about sometimes what, what there's a couple things that help. One is gratitude. Yes. I think um, ingratitude is or complaining is the fruit of a sour soul, right? Like when your soul has just, there's so many things we have to be grateful for. And just that start of declaring as an act of your will, I know you don't feel like it, but just as an act of your will, start to tell God how thankful you are. I did this last week in prayer. I was just thanking God. And I realized that I had, this is sound, might sound corny. I had never thanked God for my heartbeat. Like, okay. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. My heart right now and yours, it's beating. And it's an Thank act of Jesus. grace. It's an act of grace that our heart is beating. So like in my prayer time, I put my fingers up here to try to feel my pulse. And I mm -hmm. felt this surge of blood heading my, you know, coursing through my carotid artery. And I started crying. Wow. Out of gratitude. Like, Lord, you, every heartbeat is a gift. Every time my lungs inflate is a gift. And just in doing that, it was, a, it was an act of grace to soften my heart again in the mm. presence of the Lord, like, Lord, you're so good. And I, and if anything, I've been guilty of yeah. the sin of ingratitude when I, I'm so blessed. The Lord has chosen to make his home in me. You know, what is the, the word encourages us to do everything without grumbling and complaining, but in low, lowliness of mind, you know, esteem others higher than yourself. Like mm. that grumbling and complaining can easily become a habit. And I think the best way Absolutely. to combat that is just gratitude like i'm thankful for you duke i am thankful that you and i have history together come on i'm thankful that you invited me on this podcast and i get to you know just for a few moments of the day talk about how great god is and how much he loves us and we're objects of his affection this week i was reading in john 13 23 how john described himself as the the disciple whom jesus loved right like love it if I was John, I'd be like, oh, bro, I'm one of the 12, you know, like I put my head on his chest, you know, I'd be bragging about all the things, but <laughs> he chose to be defined by the love of God. Like that was the top rung of his ladder of identity. Yeah. That's the only thing he wanted to be known by is I know everybody is an object of God's love, but that's still the most important thing that defines me is I am mm. one who has received and accepted the love of God. Like, yeah, man. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Pro probably not now, but there was definitely a time in my life where uh, if I were in John's position trying to describe myself, um, I, I would say the disciple that Jesus is disappointed in. Disciple <laughs> that Jesus is <laughs> because right. right I mean that was my concept for such a long time yeah, of, of God of the way that he looked and thought about me was that I was never measuring up that he was always angry dismissive with me you know just yeah. disappointed all of that kind of stuff yeah. oh. and I think that a lot of believers walk around with that you know what I mean I think that a lot of times 
people walk around with just this wrong understanding mm -hmm. this wrong concept of who their heavenly father is and how much yeah. he loves them and how much they mean to him and so christianity yeah. becomes this works driven uh, thing yeah. where we're trying to gain god's favor and gain god's approval and that really does get old and that does get boring really really quick and yeah. that's why a lot of people burn out on christianity i mean unfortunately mm -hmm. i you know i have some friends i know some people in my life that are like their idea, their mindset in life is that they're kind of detoxing from toxic Christianity because mm. they grew up in a structure where they were all these things were imposed on them. All of yeah. these restrictions were placed on them and yeah. they felt like they couldn't fully be themselves. And so, <laughs> you know, it, it breaks my heart because that that kind of stuff really does it comes from us it comes from the church it does not come from the heart of god and god yeah. has given us this amazing privilege but also awesome responsibility to represent him well in the earth mm. you know and so if we are giving people that idea of like you know what we're diffusing is is not just god it's like mixed with all of our wrong preconceived ideas of who god is yeah. if it's yeah. if it's cut with you know our bad experiences from the past and our wrong mm -hmm. theology and our religious yeah. mindedness and all of these other things then what we can do is we can present a gospel to people that is based on their works or it's or whatever you know whatever it might be that's just one example mm -hmm. but you know what i mean i i think that we can um we we really do have such an amazing privilege and also responsibility of displaying who God is to the world around mm -hmm. us. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it, it breaks my heart when I, when I see people walking around with those just wrong ideas of yeah. how God thinks about them and how God looks at them. Cause if you only knew, if you only knew how mm -hmm. deep his love for you is, if you only knew how strong his affection was for you, you wouldn't yeah. be striving and you definitely wouldn't be looking at your relationship with God, like something that's, that's boring or something that's mm -hmm. destructive to you. Like the only thing that God wants is, is everything that he wants for you is for your good, you know? Yeah. That's such a it's, good word, Duke. I think that's what the spirit is saying yeah. in this season. I too have a, have a friend who, you know, just this week said, I know God loves me. I'm just not convinced he likes me. Wow. And I thought about that. Like it's real. How, how rough would it be, you know, trying to serve a God that you're not convinced likes you. And I was actually praying for him this morning, this, this friend of mine. And the Lord reminded me of the brother of the prodigal son who maybe did everything right, but still didn't understand the father's love wow. and why the father would love a son who sinned, why a father would love a son who rejected him and, and totally misconstrued the love of the father and stayed far away. And, you know, I think there's a lot of believers out there that don't feel good enough. And, you know, we all sin, but that doesn't make us a sinner but they take their cues from their experience instead of what the Bible says. Yeah. Yeah. And to, the, yeah. to that person, I would say the Lord wants to reveal his love to you. Like that's why all of Paul's prayers were about the revelation of the love of God, that they would know the hope to which they're called. Like Paul, you could just feel the ache of his heart for the church in Asia minor for, that the church would know the love of God. Like yes. for those listening, 
your sin is only a surprise to you. Like <laughs> it's, it's coming down the conveyor belt right. and God saw it years before it entered the present. And even though he saw it coming, knowing the full picture, he still said, mm. I love you. I want all of you, every mistake, every rebellion, even your discouragement. Yeah. I want all of it. Yeah. And that's the God we serve that. I mean, I think that when, when, when we see God more clearly for who he is, he's the most appealing being in the universe. Yes. And the natural response is to surrender and submit the entirety of our lives to his lordship. When we see who he is, it's natural to say, Lord, here's all of me. You can have it. Come on. Your leadership is trustworthy. Your forgiveness is exquisite. Your power is amazing. And there's nothing I'd rather do than to serve you every minute of the day because I've seen such a good track record throughout the scripture, through my life. And, and there's no, no better way to live than in, in, in light of who he is. That's it, man. And so often we're trying to come at it from exactly the backwards approach. And we're trying to do that in our own lives. And yeah. so then what we're doing is trying to get other people to do that in their lives as well. And yeah. so it's uh, it's more about, uh, okay, you're a Christian now. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. Here's what you do. Yeah. Here's what you don't do. And then eventually we hope that they'll get to that point of discovering the beauty of what you're talking about, of yeah. life in the spirit and of knowing yeah. his love. But I mean, for, I, I don't know, man, like I was, a I was saved for years. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home and stuff like that. And I was saved when I was a young, young kid, but like, I mean, I grew up for years before having a real encounter with the love of God. I mean, it was like yeah. years into my walk with the Lord. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of Christians, they go through maybe their whole walk with the Lord with ever, without ever really having experienced in a deep way, in a profound way, mm -hmm. the love of God. And it's like you said, sure, they know that he loves them. They know in their head that he loves them, but it has never been presented to them in this way where they could have this experiential communion with the Holy yeah. Spirit. You talked about having a friendship with the Holy Spirit. It's so good. And, and that's the heart of God for you. And, and I, and I really think what you just hit on there is the heart of God, that he wants you to be changed and transformed by his love so mm -hmm. that you respond to him. And so that, yeah, as a byproduct, <laughs> there are things in your life that you'll begin to cut out and there's things in your life that you'll begin to do better. And there's all these different things, but it's not from this perspective of I've got to cut these things out and I've got to do these things better because otherwise I'm not a good Christian. It's like, mm -hmm. hold on. Are you a good Christian based on what you've done or based on what Jesus did for you? Amen. So if it's right. based on what Jesus did for you, you don't have there's nowhere else for you to go. Like you're not going to become a mm -hmm. better Christian by doing better things. So yeah. make it about him, you know, about mm -hmm. this relationship with him, receiving his love, loving him. And then from that, let your life become that expression that you started this conversation off of diffusing the goodness of God, the love of God, the knowledge of God, mm -hmm. you know, by, by having been transformed by his love and by who he is. Amen. Um, yeah. I remember for me, cause same, same as you grew up in a Christian home, didn't really surrender my life until I was 19, but even from 19, probably until my early thirties, did I, did I even have an inkling? Like I was on the treadmill of performance, <laughs> yes. you know, 
like running yeah. all the effort and not going, not anywhere, going anywhere, exhausted, yeah. feeling condemned and full of shame. And it's funny, one of the things the Lord used to turn the tide in my life was um, I did a series on the book of Galatians in, in, you know, when I was pastoring a church and I had no idea what the Lord had in store for me. But, you know, the, the church in Galatia, they, you know, were trying to do in order to earn God's love. They were, wow. you know, doing the circumcision and doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. And Paul gets there and he's like, who's bewitched you? Like, this isn't the foundation that was laid. And through the, as we're just going chapter by chapter through the book of Galatians, the Lord used it to sift a religious spirit, like just this religious mentality out of my heart. Like religion wow. is I do to attain instead of realizing and accepting what God has done. Mm. That's grace. And so much of the church, I think, is just on the treadmill of religion and never feeling good enough, never feeling like they're like God loves them because they're. Wow they're taking their works before the Lord instead of their works being worship. Like there's two approaches. You put your works first and say, Lord, this is what I'm doing to be good enough. Or you see what he's already done and completed in Christ. And then your works become an act of worship. Mm. And there's two different paths and they can look the same. Like one person can pray in order to earn God's love. And another person can pray as a response to God's love. And they look could look identical on the outside and be totally different in motive. Oof. Yeah. Man, that's so good. <laughs> Sorry, I just need to, I did, I'm reflecting on that for a minute. That's such a good point. It's like, yeah. you know, you see a, a guy down on one knee on the beach giving a girl, you know, a set of roses. Mm-hmm. And you could see two guys, identical situation. One guy is giving the roses to his the girl because he screwed up and he's trying to get her affection back. Come on. And the other guy already knows she loves him and is simply professing his love back in return. Mm. Same situation, yeah. identical scenario, totally different motive. And I think a lot of folks in the church are on the treadmill and they're trying to yes. earn, earn, earn instead yes. of letting it just be worship. Man, and I really love what you said a minute ago, too, about, um, it's funny, it just slipped my mind. You were talking about, <laughs> you were talking about how um, with our sin, how, you know, God is not surprised by our sin. He's not surprised when we messed up. He already knew about it, and he already paid the price for it before yeah. we ever even knew about who he was before we gave our lives to him. He loved us while we were surprised to us. It's only a surprise to us. Yeah. And so he's not surprised by it. But like the thing, the thing about it is that like he only died once and he's not going to die again. So he already died with that sin in mind. He already took that sin that you've yet to commit on his shoulders and he already paid the price for it. So, Mm -hmm. You know, there's no reason like Jesus took the full brunt of the wrath of God against sin when he became sin, when he became a curse for us in our place. Mm -hmm. So like you, you, you sin tomorrow, you mess up. God's that has no reason to be angry with you because you sinned, because all of his anger already went against his son as he hung on that cross and became that thing became, Mm -hmm. became sin for you. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, uh, again, I, I think that we can be so sin conscious and so focused on our faults and our mess ups and our mistakes 
that we do miss out on the abundance of the grace of God in terms of walking life out with him. Am I saying that you should just not care when you sin? No. But what I'm saying is that there's you're you're free <laughs> even yeah. though you sinned even though you messed up yeah. you're free he's already paid for it so don't sit there and stew and wallow in it and be in that pity party thinking that you've got to do something now to gain god's approval or gain god's affection he doesn't love you yeah. any less than he did before yeah and uh yeah i think our, our adversary uses sin as an off-ramp to abiding you know so we're called to abide and without sin actively at work in our lives abiding is just natural it just happens but when we sin it's more difficult to abide and what happens is is that we kind of um our sin and problems and issues get bigger and god gets smaller mm. and then we tend to focus on our sin we focus yeah. on the problems and we focus on ter how terrible things are you know i heard a sermon you know one time you probably heard it too i forget but it was when you're when your problems are big, it means your God is small. Yeah. But if you just focus on God, he becomes real big, and then your problems automatically get small. And I've seen that in my own life, where if I just were, will take some time and focus on the goodness and the greatness of our God, it's amazing how stress falls away, the issues that I thought were so big, even my sin, you know, it, it's gone in and God gets a, a right perspective. Like, I think that's why I think John got it right when he's, when he called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. Yes. Like he got it right because that's the headliner, mm -hmm. not his mistakes, not his failures, not who, not any other title, but the fact that he received, he was a receiver of the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's the number one headline of his life. And everything else is dead last. And mm. to God, that that would be our testimony, that we would live just totally our minds completely blown, that we're objects of his love, that we're, we're the ones who Jesus loved. We're the loved ones. And yeah. his love defines us, not our mistakes, not even our successes in, in ministry or failures in ministry, but we're the ones who he loves. And our great privilege is to diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge of that love in every place wow and i honestly duke i think like the stuff that the lord's been tumbling into my heart has been in part for this podcast like my heart has been so full leading up to this hopefully because there's some people listening that need to hear the fragrance of the knowledge of god being diffused you know on this podcast so for i'm sure, appreciative man. of the invitation no, I appreciate it too, man. I, I've been really looking forward to this conversation for a while. Um, I wasn't sure um, how much how much time you, do you have left? I'm good. I'm wide open. So as long as you want to go, you, you know, I get tired of hearing myself talk. Okay. When I graduated high school, I was voted class most talkative. So you just gave me the sim, the sim signal, the sign, you know, the code word. And um, by God's grace, I can shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we could go at least for a few more minutes then. Uh, sure. But I, you know, as you were talking just there about focusing on, on God, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, we can focus on the size of whatever it might be and, and it can it overshadow God in our minds and become bigger. I, I think that's kind of what David 
it was getting at in Psalm 34 when he's like, magnify the Lord with me. Mm. And he starts off by saying, you know, let's worship the Lord together and all of that. And that's how that's how we magnify him, you know, like to mm. magnify that it's like to make something bigger. Right. In, in, yeah. in a really simple, simple way to explain that. So like you take a magnifying glass and you put it in front of the words on your page or whatever, and they look bigger. They're not actually yeah. getting bigger. Like they're not actually yeah. growing. They're just they look bigger to you because of the lens that you're looking at it through. Mm, and so, you know, what is the lens that we're looking at God through? Are we looking at God through the lens? And to an extent, we're all looking at God through a skewed lens. Like none of us are looking yeah. at God through an absolutely perfect lens. Like we've all had our human experiences. We've all had disappointments. We've all had those moments where we have felt like you know, we misinterpreted it, but we felt like God let us down for one reason or another because yeah. things didn't work out yeah. the way we thought they should. You know, maybe, you know, people uh, that have grown up without a father figure in their life or with an abusive mm -hmm. father figure in their life or something like that. All of that stuff can can go into, you know, the the lens. It forms this lens that we use to look at God, even the, the lens mm -hmm. that we use to read his word, the lens that we use to look at people in the church and like all these different things we all have a lens and i don't think any of us mm -hmm. have an absolutely perfect lens that we're looking at stuff through um i don't think that any of us have a perfect theology right but but we're 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 growing in it right and we're yeah. we're coming more our our mindset the way that we think is coming more into alignment with him as we look at him, as we focus on him, as we discover him in his word, as we spend time with him, we become more like him. So we begin to think more like the way that he thinks. Mm. So, but he's like, magnify the Lord with me, you know? And it's like, when we make him, we can't make him bigger than he is. That's totally unnecessary because he's right. ginormous, but we can yeah. make him bigger in our minds, you know, by focusing on him and by focusing on him the right way. And uh, and I think that we learn to focus on him the right way, man, because like I, I just got myself in the weeds trying to trying to think about this um, because right, like two people, like you said, the, the person on the beach presenting the flowers for one reason and the other person presenting the flowers for totally another reason, two people can be in the same church service and walk mm. out having two completely different experiences Two people can read the same verse with a completely different yeah. lens and get a completely different understanding. Yeah. One person looks at it through this condemnational lens where they think mm. God's upset with them. And another person reads through this lens that's got some grace with it. And so they see it in a different way. Mm. And so no, my, question, my question, my question, I just <laughs> I wasn't planning to come up with a question because of that. But I guess let me ask you a question based on that. Like. What, what do you think are some ways that we can clean up that lens? You know what I mean? Like, what are some ways that we can yeah. really begin to see God more clearly and actually get to the truth of what his word is telling us and uh, not just come at it again with these preconceived notions and ideas that yeah. we all have uh, to one extent okay. or another? That is a great question. So I'm going to set it up with an illustration. So this last weekend, I visited Tampa to go preach at a church and, you know, watch the Super Bowl with family. It's been three years since I've lived in Tampa. And, you know, before I moved here to Boone, North Carolina, I lived in Tampa for 18 years. So I knew the city. I knew how to get to the airport. I knew the back roads. I actually drove Uber for a season. I knew how to get around the that city. Helps. I knew everything. I knew the name of the roads, everything. But I found myself as I was um, flying to the city, I'm like, I don't remember where this 
part is, I forgot the name of this road. I forgot the name of this highway. Um, the big parts I still remembered, but it's amazing because I haven't visited the city as often and it's not there all the time, I forgot. And I think it's the same with the Lord. Like imagine yeah. God as a city, the city of God. And there's the part of God that's his forgiveness. There's the part of God that's his wisdom, his meekness, his compassion, his justice, his truth. There's all these parts of God that it, you know, is forever and ever and ever. There's no end to him. Yeah. But because we don't visit those places often, we forget, which is why, you know, Paul was always encouraging the church, remember, do this in remembrance of me. You know, all of these things to re he was encouraging the church to remember the Lord. And I think when we don't visit areas of the Lord, we forget him. And I would just say to your listeners, he's better than, you know, like he is <laughs> yes. all of that. But because we don't visit maybe the forgiveness or maybe the justice or certain parts of God, we're unaware and our knowledge of God is insufficient. So I would say, allow the Holy Spirit to be your maitre d', right? When you go to a really nice restaurant, the maitre d' meets you at the door and he takes you to the table. He introduces you to the waiter or the waitress or the menu, and he prepares you to receive something. The Holy Spirit wants to be our maitre d'. He wants to welcome us into the house of God, into the body of Christ. And he wants to introduce you to the word of God. He wants to introduce you to the body of Christ so that we can receive from the Lord that which he has for us. And that's where friendship with the Holy Spirit, um, you know, is, is or, the, or the Holy Spirit might be your Uber driver. He wants to introduce you to the parts of the city of God. You know, um, the second thing I would say, maybe it's the third or the 12th thing. I don't know. One thing that I've, <laughs> that has helped me a ton is when I study the Bible, I write it down by hand, slowly verse by verse. So um, one, I, one thing I noticed is that I'll, before I would just chew through the Bible and I would read four verses really fast and be like, I didn't get anything. And then I would go about my day. <laughs> but if I just write it, it forces me to slow down and really chew on the verses. And that's where the whole thing with John, you know, 13, 23 and, 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 and John being defined by the love of God, that was one verse as I was writing it within pen in my journal and it exploded off the page mm -hmm. and the Lord allowed the knowledge of God to tumble into my heart because I just took the time to slowly chew through the Bible. And I think that might be some, a simple tool that might help the people of God to just say, you know what, I need to slow down and just read it and write it and allow it to really marinate into my heart. Wow, that's really good. <clears throat> There's something about the Word of God coming through you, and I think that that process of writing the, the Word of God is really, really helpful. Speaking it out, you know, I think that that's a big part of meditation. It's you know, med meditating on the word is kind of like thinking about it over and over again. But it's also it's sort of that internalization of it, right, where we dialogue with God about it. And there's something about truth becoming solidified in your mind and in your heart mm -hmm. when you speak it out or when you mm -hmm. write it. When You know, when it's not just words on a page, but where it's actually sort of coming through you. You know, so mm -hmm. I think that that's uh, that's that's an awesome thing right there is um, this as a really practical thing to do is like writing it out, you know, writing, yeah. writing it out and uh, 
and, and allowing it to sort of unfold into a, a deeper sort of conversation with God. That's really, really cool. I think yeah, that, go ahead. Go ahead. yeah, I was just going to say, as you were talking, I was thinking too about the way that we approach God, you know, and, and I think that, um, I think that having humility with the way that we approach God, whether we're talking about prayer time or reading the Bible or worship or whatever it is, but in the sense of, I don't know everything and I don't have all the answers and it's totally okay. And I think living in that balance and, and living with that tension of knowledge of God, getting to know him more, but also being okay with the awe and wonder of mm. like who God is. And like, I don't know everything and I'm not going to know everything. And I actually, you know, the more I study his word, the more I feel like I know less and less, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which I guess is technically not true, but it's like, as you learn truth, it's like the boundary of, of what you thought truth was expands too. So even though you technically have more knowledge, it's like what you thought was possible in terms of the confines of knowledge it, related to God is now bigger and it's, it's grown mm -hmm. in your mind. So now you're a little bit more aware that, oh, there's more than what I thought there was. And so you're just constantly living in this tension yeah. of, I know less and less, but I'm growing in you and I'm getting closer to you. So I, just, I think that that's an important component of the way that just in general, the way that we approach God, not from a mindset of I know everything or I've experienced everything, but from this humble place where mm -hmm. it's just, you know, where we're able to kind of maintain that childlikeness. Because what, what did Jesus say to his disciples? He said, you know, if you can't receive the kingdom as a child, mm -hmm. you will by no means enter it. So I think that approaching God from that, place of childlike wonder mm. you know is what so i i think it allows us to see him clearly um yeah i i you know what i mean does that make sense Amen. oh man yeah. absolutely that absolutely resonates with my heart and you know i asked my kids one time uh you know what what they think god is like and they said you dad and it was <laughs> scary wow you know but it's that as parents we represent you know, this image of God to our kids. And it's this huge responsibility. And I will say I've not been the greatest at doing devotions and Bible studies with my kids, but I, I believe I've done a good job at letting them know what the love of God looks like, that it's mm -hmm. unconditional and it's not based on performance. And that in the middle of them messing up, I will, I like to look them in the eyes and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Come on. Yeah. And because that's how I've been loved. That's how we've been loved. And, um, you know, to know God is to love God. And so yes. for those watching that, that wrestle and struggle with loving God, I would just say at some point in your past, you've gotten a wrong picture. Either somebody has dis displayed the love of God in a wrong way. Um, maybe it's a church that got off, off offline and they just were skewed in who they thought, you know, God was. And I would say don't blame them. But instead, just try again, come to the Father again and say, Lord, will you show me who you are? Will you show me who you are and allow the Lord to take you on a journey of love, of discovery of who he is. And I promise you, he is great and mighty and it's the best adventure ever. Like I have friends right now that I'm praying for daily to know the love of God and 
And we all have varying degrees of the knowledge of God. And so their picture of God isn't a good one. And I get it. And it's probably because their dad wasn't a great reflection of God. And wow. I'm praying what Paul prayed, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God, that they would see him clearly. Because if you see him clearly, you'll love him. Mm. Yeah. Woo. That's so yeah. good, man. I said that our that our previous conversation was one of my favorites. I think this one this one topped it for me. There, there's something about uh, I, I feel like I feel like there's there's just something cool when you when you have a, a conversation that's just centered around Jesus. Um, it just it just does something in mm. me that just kind of like almost like it producing a hunger in me to just yeah. say, you know what, like I just want. I, I just want more, you know, yeah. and I just kind of feel that churning on the inside of me. And so I, I thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I've got a comment too. here. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I've got a comment here. It says it's impossible to know God and not love him, love mm -hmm. him and not serve him. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. That second component there is really, really good. And that's kind of what we were talking about a minute ago of like how the response of our life when it comes from love when it comes from we've known his love, so now we're responding. So we're serving him by loving others, by whatever we're doing in life. We're serving him, but as an overflow of our heart, not just as a, something that we need to do because it's our Christian duty. Yeah. And uh, that's so good. I, uh, oh. Stuff, stuff I'll going say, well, out of my mind so fast. I understand. I've had the same like, thing. One of those I things. will say, Duke, you, um, the, the hand of the Lord on your life and just um, the heart and spirit that you bring to this podcast welcomes people to pour their heart out. Like you, you place a draw on the, the calling of God on my life, the word of God that's been deposited in my life, deposited in my life, and you make it super easy to share. And so I just want to affirm that this podcast is of the Lord, that he has positioned you in the right place to diffuse the knowledge of God in, on the internets, you know, and yeah. I just appreciate because I feel so free because I love you and mm. I know you love yeah. me. And there's this, this genuine, you know, Christ-like uh, admiration and respect and love for one another that opens opens the waves and opens the hearts to share freely. And I just, wow. I am so grateful. Wow. Thank you, man. That That's awesome. That's a beautiful thing. That means a lot to me. I appreciate you saying that. Whew. What do you think, man? Should we wrap it up or should we keep going? What, what do you think we should do? Yeah, I mean, we can wrap it up. I don't know how to wrap, but I mean, if you do, you want to, you want to, you want to do, you want to wrap a little bit? Actually, you know, um, I think a good way, um, and, and I'm this is an idea. You you're can free, man. Yes free. or no. Um, yeah. I'd like to pray for yeah. for the folks that are listening. I don't know if that's okay. You know, maybe, I don't know if you have like this. Okay. I just want to pray for folks that are listening. <laughs> we don't pray around here, James. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes the, the host is the one who has to seal it with the official, you know, prayer of, of cloture. Or, you know, I don't know. But I just... I have a heart to, to pray doxology. for folks that are listening. Yeah. <laughs> Bless no, you. I, I, I love it, man. Please. All right. All right. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you um, for who you are. We thank you that you are so good to us. And I pray for myself. I pray for Duke. I pray for those that are listening. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. 
that the eyes of all of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope to which we're called. Lord, I'm praying for folks who are watching right now, either live or recording, that they would have an encounter with your love. Lord, those that have, have been sidelined, they have, they've gotten off of the, the highway of the kingdom of God because of offense or fear or pain, or sin or whatever, Lord, and they just feel like they're in a holding pattern and they're on the shelf. I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to them, that you'd call them back onto the field, that you'd put your word in their heart, that you'd reveal to them the yes. fact that you, your love is aimed at them personally, that you love them with an everlasting love, that you want to define all of us by your love. And I'm just so grateful that the greatest, most powerful substance in the universe is the love of God. Mm. And we get to experience it. So, Lord, I'm asking mm. that they would experience it even right now as they listen to this podcast, that that your presence would fill the place they're at. They would in, they would feel your affirmation, your love, your truth, and that every lie of the enemy would be canceled in Jesus mighty name. Lord, you said we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. I'm asking for the spirit of truth, the spirit of Jesus to be established on the inside of us, that we would know who we are in you, that the shadow of lies and darkness would fade and that you would light us up on the inside by the love of Jesus. We thank you, God, that you know our name, that we're not just one, uh, one number, that we're not forgotten, but you know who we are. And I pray even right now that you would call by name those who are listening and that they would feel affirmed and loved by you, Lord. I thank you for Duke. I pray a blessing over him, over this podcast, mm. over his family, his kids. And Lord, our aim and our goal is to bring you the most glory. Thank you for the incredible call to diffuse the knowledge, the fragrance of your knowledge in every place. And we believe we've done that today for your glory, for your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well. Wow. Whew. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Sure, dude. Thank you. My pleasure. Awesome. My privilege. Can't wait for the next time. That was the perfect cap on uh, on this conversation that I, I really I really believe is, um, you know, I feel like every time we talk, it comes into eventually comes into this place of of identity. You know, I think yeah. that that's become such a such a key key aspect of of your life and your ministry and who you are and sort of what emanates from you is this desire for the people of God to know who God is and to know who they are in him and to really yeah. experience the fullness of what he's done for them what he's called them into and uh mm -hmm. most importantly just the depth of his love and mm -hmm. uh and I I really think that that came out in this conversation today I think it's going to be a blessing to a lot of people so so Praise thank God. you thank you thank mm -hmm. you Awesome, my um, pleasure. Yeah, man. On a, on a, on a lighter note, are you um how what are you guys getting snow around there? Or what what's your weather been like? Uh, it's kind of dreary today. We got snow last weekend when I was in Tampa, and then it's supposed to be cold into the twenties. I think tonight it's going to be cold. But uh, yeah, we're I'm actually headed to Utah with my two sons on Sunday. Uh, yeah, a father son ski trip. Yeah, so if you'll pray for me and my boys that it, it's just one of those times I want to, you know, we're going to ski and have fun during the day, but I just want to have um, just kind of that father son time um, in the evenings. I mean, we're going to be dead tired, but you know, my oldest is 24. He's about to become a father and my youngest is 18. And so just those two big benchmarks in life 
I've been really asking the Lord for an impartation during uh, this time. So Monday and Tuesday, I'll be in Utah with my boys and I just want to lay hands on them and pray with them and 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 just really unpack some of the, the main tools of life that have got me through, like, you know, yeah. how to pray, how to know who you are, how to read the Bible, just yeah. some simple stuff that crucial to walk with the Lord. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Awesome opportunity. Yeah. Um, are you are you guys like a, a ski family? Is this something that you've done a lot or? Not like last year, I started skiing for the first time. Last season was my first year skiing and really? just fell in love. Yeah. So because I was in Florida and um, but we made right, the investment yeah. and, you know, there's a ski mountain just 20, 20 minutes away from the house. And so uh, it's it's North Carolina skiing. So it's it's like it's like the CC's pizza of skiing, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean when I say that, right? I know exactly like, what you mean by that. There's stuff I that would, looks like would, snow. <laughs> if you're used to like Colorado West skiing, it's not that. It's not that. It's, but it, yeah. it's, it's what we can have. It's what we get, get here. <laughs> I live in Alabama, so I would kill for some CC's pizza level skiing. I would, anything, <laughs> anything, man. Anything would be great. Um, yeah, I. It's it's one of those areas of my life where I've actually been talking to the Lord about it a lot lately because it's one of those like sort of holes I feel in my in my heart because uh, I was really into snowboarding back in the day um, as a teenager and then like into my early adult years and uh, you know I lived in New Jersey so it, again it wasn't the best skiing in the world but it was it was decent enough we had a pretty nice uh, mountain um, in northern New Jersey that that we used to get season passes for and we'd go there but my my um, both of my kids within the past couple of days, I have an 11 year old and a, and a six year old and uh, my six year, my 11 year old told me um, that he wanted to learn how to snowboard. And I was like, oh, yes. Wow. And then, uh, and then my, uh, my six year old, he actually told me, cause we've been kind of paying attention to the Olympics um, more oh, yeah. so over the past week, been watching some of the snowboarding and he was like, dad, I want to, I want to win a gold medal in, in the Olympics for snowboarding. And I was <laughs> like, all right, man. Be careful what you wish for, because I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna push you to do it. So I've actually been having like lately over the past couple of days, really, I've been having conversations with God, like how can we, you know, how can we make this happen? And and my family were actually planning a move to the Houston area, and so I started thinking about. I know there's not like snowboarding in Houston, but I started thinking about you know like wakeboarding, um, like you know look so we started looking around at like some cable parks and stuff like that that they have yeah. in the houston area to kind of get that 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 thing going and kind of get the feel for it uh but yeah it's one of those areas of my life that i i feel like there's something missing because i haven't been able to do it in so long we took a trip to um to lake tahoe last year last winter and i got to go snowboarding for the first time in like a decade or over a decade wow. it, it was it was like all my dreams <laughs> coming oh, yeah. true, and oh, so yeah. I'm just I'm trying to find ways to uh, to to infuse that back into our lives. So anyway, um, when you said you were going to to Utah for a, a ski trip for a couple of days, it's kind of like my heart's just resonating with that. Good. So. Well, I'm glad I'll be praying and and I'll, I'll make a commitment to pray for you to for God to open up that door, because honestly, it's been great. I mean the the ski lift rides back up the mountain with my son have been amazing conversations it's good and 
just unexpected blessing of us living near a little ski mountain and getting passes. And it has been a, a, a secret, you know, surprise blessing from the Lord that I didn't expect. But yeah. 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 Pretty cool. Love it. Love it. Well, have fun, man. Have a good trip. And your next trip back to uh, Africa is coming up when, you said? March 6th. I leave for March 6th. Central African Republic. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, we'll be praying for that too, my friend. Thank you, dude. Um, Appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, brother. And right. uh, thank you, everybody, for taking the time to check out this episode, this conversation. Really, really appreciate you guys as well. I hope that it was a blessing to you and that you got some value out of it. If you did, maybe think of someone. Someone comes into your mind. Share it with somebody that you think could benefit from listening to it as well. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Have an awesome day. See you next time.